welcome to my new show. It's called Levine Intervention, and it's a lightning bolt to the soul offering humor, perspective, and advice to listeners who haven't quite mastered the art of the transition just yet. We are going to take a swan dive into the pool of questions you're too embarrassed to ask your mother. Who knows what will come of it? I refuse to believe it was all just a way. Today is my first show, although it's been about 25 years in the making. And um, this program is going to be about transitions. What does that mean exactly? Well, let me first tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a television producer. I'm a writer. I'm a director. And I'm based out of New York City. And I come from a family of four girls. I am divorced. And um, I have rescued a lot of pets in my lifetime. In addition, I have quit smoking, overcome anorexia, and I'm a DJ. So I like to say I think I know a lot of things about transitions. Moving in, moving out of things in life. There's a lot of in-between in life, and I think that a lot of times we think that there is an actual there that we're trying to get to, but when we're actually there all along, if you follow... There is no tomorrow as far as I'm concerned, and everything is just totally perfect the way that it is. Now, it's taken me a long time to realize this, but, um, you know, I've had about 30 jobs over my lifetime because I'm freelance, and that's just kind of how that world rolls, and I've also lived in a lot of places, so I'm a little bit of an exquisite gypsy. Um, At least I like to consider myself that. Um, and I feel like I have a perspective on things that might be able to help a lot of people since I am the oldest of four girls, as I mentioned, and I don't have any kids yet. And so I have all of this pent up advice that I feel like I want to get out into the world. And I have helped launch several talk shows. And so hopefully this will be a little trip into the world of radio that will leave you feeling better. So my goal for this show is that it is a lightning bolt to your soul, offering humor, perspective, and advice to listeners who have not mastered the art of the transition just yet. So everything from quitting smoking to graduating college, getting divorced, or waking up alone, we are going to swan dive into the pool of questions that you are too embarrassed to ask your mother. Today's episode is Meal Appeal, and our question is, how does food play into your everyday life? Okay, today's topic is called Meal Appeal. I like when things rhyme. They make me happy. So um, today's topic is meal appeal. I think I just like saying that. The reason that we're covering this topic first is because food is so vital. Do you realize we are going to eat a minimum of 1,095 meals a year or 76,650 meals in our lifetime. I mean, talk about amounts of choices that we have to make every day. 
Whew. So I wanted to cover meals because, you know, I think it's important that we actually are aware of what we're eating and that we make conscious decisions about what we eat. And do I personally believe in raw food diets and whole food diets and low carb diets? And uh, no, I don't. I don't think diet is something that we should be doing. I think that we should be focusing on a nice balance of what we do um, when it comes to our food consumption. But the reason I wanted to cover this is because growing up, no matter what was ever going on in our household, the one thing that we always stopped for was our meals. So being the oldest of four girls to two parents that didn't really like each other that much, the one time of day that everything always came to a halt was dinner. And no matter what, we would sit down with a lot of food. And I have very clear memories of going to my friends' houses and saying, oh my God, I'm going to be starving when I leave here. And I mean... We make three, at least three food choices a day, meal choices a day. So that's why we're covering meals. And um, my first guest hails from about 25 blocks away. His name is Paul DePoyan. And he is going to tell us about how his, I would call it an addiction to food ordering, has changed his life. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So my first guest ever is Paul DePoyan, and we are here in New York City drinking beer and wine and eating pizza on a Monday night. So thank you very much for joining me, Paul. Well, thank you for having me. This is my, my usual Monday night anyway, so it's, it's, not really, it's not really too much of a change. It's not a change at all, actually. Are you have microphones in your, in your apartment? Yes. You yep. do? Okay. They're all over. <laughs> you rigged them from the ceiling. Yep. And, just okay. for surveillance. Just general surveillance. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Well, you're basically getting recorded everywhere in New York City anyway. That's so true. you might as well have that in your apartment. <laughs> um, I, I Full disclosure, I actually, my day job is working with Paul. So we, we do know each other on a limited basis, although the... The, the demeanor at work is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's a little more formal. Very serious. <laughs> it's very serious on our reality television show that we produce. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I invited Paul to be a guest here today because we were bantering back and forth a little bit one day, and he told me a funny story, which I think is a very important one and one that will be very relatable. Um, and so I thought I would start our meal appeal episode um, with a little questioning about how long have you lived in New York City? Um, about seven, eight years. I moved here uh, after college at the end of 2006. And what is it about New York that, uh, that you love? Kind of the, the, well, definitely the convenience of everything. You can order a pizza at four in the morning and have it in ten minutes. You can... Go for a run at like midnight on a Tuesday, and it's not you're not the weirdest person out there. So it's pretty. I like sort of the the 24 hour kind of attitude about it. Are you one of those guys that like stays up writing or playing video games or like I don't know shopping online or whatever at night? It started. Uh, I majored in audio engineering, and it started staying up late, sort of writing music and recording music. And I don't do that as much anymore, but I still play. Um, 
but also now Netflix is streaming and you start watching one show at nine and in bed and then you end up watching the full season until <laughs> 3 a.m. And then next thing you know, you're on season two of Orange is the New Black <laughs> and then... It's the iPad dilemma, right? It's, it's, ter- it's too easy. It's, it's true. Because you don't even have to like sit up in bed. You nope. can just roll over and it can be on your pillow. Yep. Even if the TV is on one side, you could just switch it over to your, yep, your phone, your iPad, your laptop. So true. We digress. Um, so I was trying to get, a, 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 trying to figure out like who you are as a person if I had to classify you. You're like the creative late night bloomer, but you're responsible. Are you res- like responsible-ish? Yes. Uh, yes. Hold down a job. So. Yep. I've been holding down jobs, thankfully, <laughs> and sort of my. The industry we're in, post-production, has sort of been friendly toward the late night. Um, when you're delivering a show, you might be there until 2 in the morning. And I feel like that would get to a lot of people. But for me, it kind of, I would rather be at home ordering pizza or doing watching Orange is the New Black. But I can sort of uh, deal with, with the late nights pretty easily. All right, so you're a 30-year-old who has moved out of your parents' house. You've sustained your own lifestyle. Yep. Dating? Uh, yes, I have a girlfriend of about two and a half years. All right. Um, so when you first moved to New York, what did you think of all of the restaurants here? Like, do you are you of somebody who loves to eat or do you eat to live? Um, oh, interesting. A little of both. I think I had, or I have a group of friends that sort of got me into the kind of restaurant culture of New York. I don't think I would have found it on my own. Uh, I was always more of a, carbs, pizza, the flavor wasn't the most important thing, just um, as much as I could stuff in my face till I was full and then go do on to the next thing. Uh, but my group of friends really got me into, we went out to, I think it started when I went to a nice steakhouse, uh, my first nice steakhouse, and that, I realized what actually good food tasted like and sort of a, a full nice meal and you just really enjoy the experience rather than just the food. Right, the experience. Right, that's what I feel like New York is all about. The ex- everywhere you go, there's an experience along the way, no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. Especially in the restaurants here, because growing up and even even until even when I lived in Los Angeles, I can't imagine plunking down. Like last night, I went out to see a live concert and spent like 150 bucks on mm-hmm. food and and wine and and no way no how would that have happened on a sunday night at mm-hmm. any other time in my life but now somehow it kind of works yeah and there's money there for it it's not like i'm not paying my rent or i'm not saving money somehow it just appears right mm-hmm. and it's uh it always appears there's always room for it and when you're done there's no real regret i don't think unless maybe the meal was terrible or you had an off night but usually it's you can look back and fondly of the experience and say i just spent 150 dollars, but it was well spent right thank you that's a that's so true like there's no guilt there's not a lot of guilt involved in mm-hmm. it um okay so so that's kind of the culture of new york city which i i honestly can't even believe that we're having this conversation because i'm so frugal like when it comes to spending money and conveniences, mm-hmm. right? So I grew up in Connecticut, and everything was like, took a long time. The closest movie theater was 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So imagine now, 20 years later, you can access anything anywhere. And I think you grew up somewhere 
not in a big city either, right? Uh, nope, outside of Boston, closer to maybe 10 minutes from New Hampshire. And growing up and even through college, I was also really frugal, really uh, just paid attention to, was very careful with money. And then I moving to New York, sort of, I got the taste for, um, not the taste, just the money seemed to not be as big of a deal and I started being less careful. I think I also started hanging around with people, maybe one of my friends is a finance guy and I you kind of see how the other half lives yeah. and sort of money loses a little bit of its, uh, its uh, shine in, in a way. Right, like it's, yeah, like it's achievable yeah. suddenly, right? Like yeah. you, it's not, it's not like the, yeah, like what's a good analogy? It's not like the, uh, you know, the, the king whose throne you'll never get to touch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like you think you can get it. That's yeah. the thing about New York that I love. You can, it's all accessible. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well he can do it. I mean, why can't? So how do you get your food in New York City? I cook rarely is a lie. <laughs> I would say... I mean, honestly, never. I barely, I don't really even make cereal. Uh, and I was never really a great cook, but I would always microwave things or cook pasta or something like that. But um, when I first moved to New York, uh, my friend who was, who was a, fi a finance guy, um, I would go over to his house and we would hang out and he would say, oh, do you want to order dinner? And I was like, oh, sure. And he had, he'd open his laptop and he had this thing called Seamless. And it was an application where you can just type in the kind of food you want, pulls up all the restaurants in the area, you type a bunch of stuff in, click go, and the food would be there in 20 minutes. Uh, and thankfully at the time, I wasn't making a lot of money, but he would forget to ask me to pay him back for the <laughs> seamless order that we placed. And then gradually, uh, I downloaded loaded it on my computer, and I would get it once in a while, just as kind of a treat, like once a week, maybe once less than that. Um, but I would still live pretty frugally in terms of food. And then within the last maybe year and a half, uh, I've just, I, I've now the smartphone, I got my own smartphone. I can just use, downloaded the seamless app. Um, and it's just really, it's one button, maybe a total of three buttons to get yourself a three course meal. You can get chicken fingers and buffalo wings and a cheesesteak all in. 15 minutes from hit and go. And isn't it cold by the time that you get it? Uh, nope. So I don't know how it, the magic works, but it's it's warm and it's delicious and it's way too easy. <laughs> so how many restaurants would you say that you have access to? Um, depending on the time of day, I would say in the hundred, maybe a hundred on the, is the median. <laughs> so what do you typically like to order on Seamless? Um, it's always, it kind of plays into the night owl. Um, I, I don't think, I rarely order it during the day, especially during the week, but something kicks in usually at night around, when I get home from work at eight, nine, 10. Um, I, de it depends on the context. If it's just getting dinner, I'll get, lately I've been really into Turkish food. Uh, you can get a dana kebab, you can get a, a really nice meal deliver right to your door and uh, or I've been eating a lot of like you try to go like sushi um, although it's weird to have fish delivered right. but it's but it was delicious um, or Mexican 
uh, tacos or you know beans. It's like and rice. melted cheese delivered to your door is still good. Uh, yep, it's somehow delicious. I have a hard time wrapping my brain around this because like. My sister owns a farm and I'm a cook mm. and everything I've ever done in my life revolves around the kitchen. So I can't quite understand how anything in a plastic container could measure up. Um, it do definitely does not. You kind of miss the restaurant experience. You miss the, the flavor. Okay, so um, you like to order Turkish food. And um, what's, the, what's the urge that gets fulfilled when you order Seamless? Well, for regular dinner, it's mostly just I get home and I don't have to do any work and I can just sit on my couch and eat and just have a nice meal. It's actually, it's fairly nice. It's just the simplicity and the kind of convenience of it. Uh, the problem comes in when you add in um, drinking or uh, especially marijuana. The, <laughs> the munchies will kick in and you'll order maybe a cheese steak at one in the morning uh, uh, my girlfriend actually insisted I tell this story mostly out of shame uh, it was sometime last week we had gotten it was maybe about 11 o'clock or 11.30 and we ordered I'd ordered a cheese a cheese steak and I'd ordered one for her just because I'm a gentleman uh, we got them and I ate all of mine and she ate half of hers and then there was a uh tinfoil wrapped thing in there and I I was wondering what it was and I was a little high <laughs> right. and very hungry still not hungry but just felt like I needed to eat did more did you like lick off the the wrapper uh I it gets worse actually <laughs> I opened the tinfoil and realized they'd given us a cup of extra cheese just like and not like a like a melted right something foreign like a cheese whiz or like a spray cheese okay uh and she finished hers and kind of like wrapped it up and maybe was gonna put it in the <laughs> fridge and uh i opened the, ch the package with the cheese in it and she just said paul don't eat that <laughs> and i said and she was like throw that away and so i said okay i'll throw that away and i put it next to the the bed <laughs> and she was like Paul, I told you to throw it away. And I was like, I'll throw it away later. Wait, we have to say, in New York, your kitchen is probably only three feet away from your bed yeah. anyway, right? It's yeah. not like you had to like walk into the bedroom to place it next to your bed, right? Uh, well, we were eating it in my bedroom, oh, okay, which is okay, even okay. grosser. <laughs> and then it was sheer, pure laziness. And I put it next to the trash. And she said, Paul, I can see you put that next to the trash. I... I think you're going to plan on eating that. And I was like, Lauren, I'm, I'm not going to eat that. And uh, she fell asleep and I I ate it. Well, I drank cheese, basically. Which Were you like one eye open waiting for her to fall asleep so you could finally eat the cheese? Yep. I think I, I like gave her, I was like, whispered soft things so she'd fall asleep. And then, which was a, a new low, I would say. For, but how is the seamless moment? Like, how does seamless play into this cheating on your girlfriend with liquid cheese? <laughs> Uh, well, it's the, for the most part, I would say seamless is pretty, is a, not a good thing, but you can eat, you, there's healthy options, there are, rel or relatively healthy options, but it's the, if you have a drunken impulse, uh, you realize quickly that it's so easy to succumb to it, it's not even like you have to, you don't even have to call, talk to a pizza guy, you press three buttons with your thumb and it's 
it's basically in your mouth, <laughs> and it's too. It's and it's the worst uh, is actually if you go in on a Saturday night and you come home, uh, and you maybe are a little drunk, and just out of habit, and maybe you're hungry and you order something, and then it takes maybe half hour to get there, and before it gets there, you fall asleep. Right. And waking up in the morning to thirty missed calls from a oh. from someone you know saying I'm at the door. Where are you? But seamless work so that you are you pay for it and the tip. Yep. So you then pay for it all and don't actually get to eat it. Yep. So it's the, it goes like if before I moved to New York and I did something like that, I would have. Right. You wasted thirty five bucks. I, and I was like, yeah. And somehow that shame goes away. Cause yeah. It's, it's just a credit card. It's not even. It's, but do you have a lot of debt from seamless? Uh, no, no, no. I have no debt, thankfully, because I still keep it within my right. means, but it's, I should have more savings. Right. No thanks to Seamless. Right. So what happened, so a couple of months ago when we started talking about this, because it, at work, where we, where, the, we ha- where our office is, it's very inaccessible, very inaccessible, mm-hmm. because by New York standards, if it's not like three blocks away, then you, it's not, a, then you can't, it's, it seems unreasonable. Mm-hmm. So we, I bring my lunch to work, and some people go, you actually go for a walk every day. The, the interesting thing is, during the day, I just never really seamless. I'll, I'll always, even if it's really busy, I'll just take, you know, a half hour out and go walk maybe a mile to get the food, and then bring it back, and I'll, today so I had... you're not lazy. No, it's very okay. strange, and I, today I had, and I have perfect control during the day. Uh, today I had a chicken and dill salad. Um, with apple slices, and so during the day, I there's I'm a completely different person, right? Uh, exa- almost exactly the opposite of. And you're not you're you're a reasonably sized guy, right? I think, like you're like probably I'm gonna go around 170, 180 ish. Oh, or... that I'm two twenty. Oh, okay, all right. So okay, <laughs> but, it was, but it's but you're like what like five ten five eleven five eleven yeah okay. But right. um, I feel like I would be, uh, ten times better looking <laughs> if I just could control myself after 9 p.m. That's the, If I could live like I do the rest of the day, I would be... And were you one of these guys that was microwaving pizzas when those came out and you were eating Hot Pockets late at night? Not, not really. And I was always relatively in shape, um, except for the freshman 15 in college. Uh, but I was in high school, I ran cross-country, and when, even when I first moved to New York, I was, I think I was about 160, 170. Oh, okay. I, was, I was a little too scared. I looked kind of... Gross, it but. does catch up with you, yeah. It took me a few years for it to catch up with me, too. But mm-hmm. I, I thought that New York was... When I first got here, too, I was like, oh, this is the Vegas, but then you have to go to work in the morning. You know, like, yep. you can actually work all day and then go out all night. Yep. And then actually go to the gym and go to work in the morning, mm-hmm. right? And Which I, was... I used to do all the time. Mm-hmm. How are you able to control your seamless addiction? Because we'll just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing Levine interventions here, even though you're not at the point of, you know, needing to be... In- you interrupted yourself, <laughs> your own habit. So what did you do? Well, I, uh, I decided one day to cancel Seamless. Um, and I went to their website. Uh, it was actually a day after I ate a lot of Seamless and felt terrible. And Oh, we have to know what it was. What was the thing? It might have... Oh, what was it? I feel like, oh, it was a, my girlfriend calls it a, a night of a second dinner. So I got like a regular dinner at like eight from Seamless, <laughs> uh, which was something relatively not 
terrible. Right. And then got a second dinner at maybe midnight <laughs> that was like a cheeseburger. And then the next morning get to work and like just feel terrible. <laughs> right. Slug, it's like it's almost on power with an alcohol hangover. You just feel right. not great. Right. Um, and I was, I was at work and I went on Seamless angrily and looked up their cancellation <laughs> policy and... Uh, you actually have to call them um, and speak with an operator to to put your account, uh, suspend your account. And so I called... So hold on. So you can order anything on earth from Seamless, but in order to actually mm-hmm. manage your account, you have to you have a phone. Yep. You have okay. to talk to a real person. They, okay. they know how to get you. Okay. And so I talked to this very nice woman and she was like... I knew she would try to maybe try to sell it back to me and said... Well, why would you like to cancel your Seamless account? And I said, because I'm getting really fat. <laughs> and she was like, oh, all right. And then I guess she respected the honesty and <laughs> put it on hold. And then I quickly realized I was good for a few days. And then my high Paul or night Paul would kick in. And I realized that there, Seamless isn't the only app on the iPhone that you can order food and I ordered. A, I had a Papa John's app. I got a Domino's app, <laughs> and I realized that was even less healthy than than Seamless. Right. Uh, and so I ended up uh, maybe two or three weeks ago giving her a ring again and reactivating my account. And, and now uh, it's been better. Now it's. Uh, I think the key is picturing what it's going to feel like tomorrow. Oh, you, you have the ability to do that. I think now if I, I just need to consciously be like, tomorrow at 10 a.m. when you're sitting at work, right. you're not going to be miserable right. if you... It's, it's sort of the same, I guess, what kind of helped me control going out, getting drinks with friends, sort of those, that last drink that might end up making you, give you a little bit of a headache, nauseous in the right. morning, kind of looking at the next day and saying... It's gonna probably ruin four hours of your day if you just don't go home, or if you go home now, you can. You it's can... a cycle. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. So how do you transition out of late night cheeseburger, cheese slugging, chugging, Paul? <laughs> like, what's the motivation? Do you do you do you have a motivation yet? I think so. It's I can feel it. It's I'm an optimistic person, <laughs> but I can feel it coming together the same way as I'm sort of trying to. Uh, in the past, until my, kind of recently, I would maybe sleep through, lay in bed all day Saturday and kind of, which is fine to do once in a while, yeah. but I would be doing it a lot and then kind of realizing that, kind of missing out on things. And mm-hmm. then um, I actually ended up going to Lake Placid with my girlfriend um, over Memorial Day and we actually went they to They didn't bed have at, Seamless there. They didn't have Seamless <laughs> and we, we had normal hours and we saw the beautiful things. We still did fun kind of debaucherous things. Right, right. And sort of balanced everything. Right. And it's basically just looking at the next day and saying, trying to consciously not just sort of be able to turn off your, or having those impulses, but being able to talk back to them and say, well, if I impulsively do this now, it'll feel great. But then tomorrow it's going to, you're going to pay for it. It's going to feel 10 times worse than, than as good as it feels now. That sounds very grown up, Paul. Oh, thank you. I think you've crossed over. <laughs> I you think crossed so. crossed over. Although, last night, we did order Seamless, but it was more <laughs> of a, we had a healthy day, and we, it was, it was a, nothing too crazy. It was. But it's about a balance, right? I mean, it's like, you have to have your, 
your cheese slugging evenings every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not Paul, mm -hmm. right? And like, I, I think there's no shame in that. I love that you don't have any shame around your inadequacies, if it were, to mm -hmm. control your impulses about ordering food because so many people, you know, hide what they can't own. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, that's why I wanted you to do this show because you're so, you were so open and so funny about this addiction. And like addictions can be really serious, you know, like when I was trying to quit smoking, I was like hiding everywhere, mm -hmm. not smoking out in public because I was ashamed of it, you know, and then you realize it's like, it's the motivation for me was that I was like, well, I'm just not going to ever advance to being, I just had this feeling that I was never going to get past a certain point in relationships with people because I was being secretive about mm -hmm. smoking. Mm -hmm. It was just like a thing that I was hiding. And some people are fine with it, but like in New York, in LA, you smoke in your car, so you don't, mm -hmm. and here you just blow smoke in everyone's faces. <laughs> yep. Right? And so I didn't, so I, I exercise and I work out, but then I would smoke on my way to take a spin class, which was just totally fucking with my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was totally messing with my head because I wanted to really work out first mm -hmm. right but so that's why i want to do this show because i think that it's so relatable to have you know cheese slugging <laughs> late at night cigarette smoking on the way to spin class things mm -hmm. in your life but like so often they're not talked about mm -hmm. and i kind of i think uh my girlfriend's really helped because um basically i like kind of want her to see I, i'm trying i feel like once i try to start hiding it then yes like if i i guess i did slug the cheese after she went to sleep, but I told her about it. Right. To, to sort of, to feel that shame. So I, because if I, I felt like if I kept hiding it, it would just get worse than, and you know. I well, like... you were transparent. You were willing to be transparent about it, mm -hmm. which I think is like the first step, mm -hmm. right? That you know what the thing is and you're willing to laugh at it. Mm -hmm. You're willing to totally just have, and you're, you're what, maybe 15, 20 pounds heavier than you want to be but you can still laugh at it and you don't look like you don't look oh, like that you. but it's like that thing that you feel it mm -hmm. like only you know that you feel it yeah right? so um what do you see as, as your future in seamless and I, yeah and beyond i i think uh i'll have a relationship with seamless as long as i'm in a city with seamless but i think it's more of just managing it and sort of um not having the second, third dinners, um, and sort of that, like, visualizing the next day has been really pretty effective, as long as I can sort of keep that in the forefront of my mind and sort of uh, saying, if you do this now, you're going to pay for it tenfold. Um, and I guess that's the biggest thing I've learned. Cool. Meditation helps, like, that, visualize, that visualizing and actually thinking ahead. It really helps. Mm -hmm. That is an adult threshold also, mm -hmm. I think. Or like if I get eight hours of sleep tonight, I'll tomorrow will be exponentially better right. than it. <laughs> well, can we check in with you again in a couple of months and Absolutely. have you back? Yep. And we'll see how you're doing, and maybe we'll even bring Lauren on. I have a feeling I would I would appreciate Lauren's perspective. Oh, I think she would do it. She would definitely <laughs> do it. Okay, that sounds really cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Levine Intervention today, Paul. Thank you for having me. of the podcast is going to be called what made you happy this week and this brainstorm was the idea of one of my producers John 
who happens to be the third person on our panel today. So I'm going to ask John to explain the idea of what made you happy this week, which just became a segment on our show. Hi, everyone. My name is John Cohen. I just thought about the podcast and the premise that you have going, and I, I know that you're trying to spread a message and create awareness at the same time, and I thought about something about positive, and we can talk about what's making us happy, whether we did something for someone this week or someone did something for us in return, and what we did in that process. For example, uh, this week on What's Making Me Happy, my girlfriend just came back from Cancun, and she was gone for two weeks and she brought me back a little souvenir of a pyramid from Cancun and she didn't have to bring me back anything but she knows that I'm a big history buff and I love the Mayan culture, the Incan culture, I love South American culture and just the fact that she brought me something when she didn't have to sort of just made my day and I really appreciated that and I cooked her a big dinner afterwards and yeah it was it was, it was good. I really appreciate her just thinking about me and just it's the small things that matter. So what did you make her for dinner as a thank you for your pyramid? Well, <laughs> I know it sounds goofy. I made her uh, chicken alfredo, actually. Ah. Yeah. You have a girl that will eat chicken alfredo. You're on the right track, mm -hmm. dude. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's I that's ordered awesome. it from Seamless, actually. <laughs> excellent. That's an excellent, yeah. excellent choice. And then you said that you cooked it? Yes, that's the trick. <laughs> that's the trick. So did you not expect a gift from Cancun? Not at all. I had cleaned our apartment, and, you, you know, I was, I was in the process of making dinner, uh, not from Seamless. <laughs> and I just wanted to have a nice gesture, her to come home to a nice table, some flowers, a cooked meal, and she surprised me. So I made her favorite meal, chicken alfredo, and took a little bit of little time, a little extra longer to make dinner. I scrapped the other meal that I was going to make, which turned out very bad. So the fact that she liked my cooking speaks volumes, and I got a pyramid out of the deal, so not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome that you were not expecting a gift mm -hmm. from Cancun, from your girlfriend. I know. Makes me happy this week. And so why, so I, so I think that's, to me, that's a really good example of gratitude. Like, a little mm -hmm. thing goes a long mm -hmm. way, and it's just, t like, I think that it could be said that something small like that, uh, for a lot of people, goes unnoticed. Like, like, a, like, a, like an afterthought. But the fact that that's the thing that you are so happy about is, says a lot about the, the fact that you can appreciate even the small things in life. Oh, absolutely. And given everything that she's been through and, you know, losing her mom, just the fact that she is still able to grow and just share her love and the fact that, you know, it, it could have been any kind of gift, I still would have appreciated. Just she knew me. She thought that I would like this and I really appreciate it. And I'm very thankful for her and um, we'll probably cook her another meal soon. Awesome. Thank you Thank very you. much for sharing that, John. Very and that's fun. an awesome idea. So you've passed it on. Yes. So from here forward, it forward. we're going to be doing What Made You Happy This Week. Absolutely. Although I might come up with another twisted title for it after I think about it a little bit longer, but <laughs> it will be the same sentiment. I'm looking forward to it. I'll let you know what it is. Paul, what made you happy this week? Uh, uh, Saturday, went out to Jersey with my girlfriend to her uh, sister's house, uh, who has two little girls, and we babysat. Uh, one of them was four. Uh, named Sloan, and one of them, Nev, is about eight months, and they made me they made me pretty happy. 
they were uh, Neb just started walking and talking, Aww. and it's awesome, but it's also frightening because you're like, are you gonna hit your head on something? Or and she just uh, she really knows. She knows a couple words, uh, cool, uh, <laughs> or hi, 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 and you just you just say hi to her, and she'll say hi to you for and it's. It's hours of entertainment, and it really made me happy. Oh, uh, and then when we were on the train back, um, her sister texted a video um, where Sloane said how much she loved Lauren and how uh, noted how good Lauren smelled. Uh, and then uh, Lauren texted back, does that mean Paul smells bad? <laughs> uh, and her sister uh, sent back a video of uh, her asking, He's Sloane, uh, you said Lauren smells good. Do you mean that Paul smells bad? <laughs> and she looked directly in the camera and said, uh, "He smells okay, but, but I still like him." And that, that made me happy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Kids with a sense of humor are so so mm-hmm. so funny. Oh, um, thank you, Paul. Um, it's so funny. This question actually, it, it, I have so many things that make me happy all the time. So it's such a great question, and I feel like sometimes when we're asked these questions, we go around in our head, well, if I say this, and it's this, and if we say, and then you get stuck in this, like, perfection, I get stuck in this perfectionist cycle of, like, am I going to say the right thing? But so in order to choose just one, this time I'm going to pick the big thing, even though there's lots and lots and lots of little things. So my boyfriend has two kids, and they've never, they don't live here. So it's like kind of this intense situation, but they live in Sweden with their mom, but they were visiting us for five weeks. And so we went, I decided to take them. I went big. I like went big on their last couple days here. So I took them to Katy Perry and um, the Katy Perry concert. And so to me, music is cell altering all the time. Like no matter where it is, whether it's, on your bike or going to sleep or it's just like a ch- especially live music so to be able to take them to see their first live show like the, it's the pic their, their faces watching this event and knowing that that's the thing that they're gonna like remember for the rest of their life so i have all this gratitude mm-hmm. towards everybody else for not taking them to a big concert and we went totally big we put on wigs and we put on outfits and you know, and I was, I, I was walking out the door and I was like, oh God, I'm taking these kids into Brooklyn by myself and mm-hmm. I'm never sober at a concert. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> occurred to me that like, oh, whoa, this is a big deal. So I actually got really nervous, like more nervous than I, I, I take them everywhere all the time. We're alone all the time. Dad works or I take them out to do big things, but I had such immense gratitude and happiness for just being able to pull that off and they followed my rules and like they appreciated what we were doing. So, um, and at midnight, okay, here was the other moment. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to just do one on the way home. I was tired because unlike Paul, I'm a morning person (laughs) and I start to turn into a pumpkin late at night. So it was midnight and I had worked all day and I knew I was going to work the next day and I knew that they were leaving. And we're like on the subway and I was leaning against the door. And so the nine-year-old kind of takes her hand when the door opens, it opens. And then when it was closing, she kept like making sure that I wasn't out of the door. Wow. Like she was, every single time the door opened, we had like eight stops 
and she kept just super gently and she's like this short little 40 pound little fairy and she just <laughs> you know in our wig she just kept making sure that i didn't get stuck in the door wow. so that made me really happy oh, yeah. yeah that was like a, a good moment for her I'll never ever forget that. That like she knew I was tired and I was drained, and she had my back literally. Wow, I can't believe they weren't exhausted. They must have. Been. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel like I'd be passed out, laying across three, three seats. <laughs> Their adrenaline was pumping. Have you considered the sure. next concert, maybe like an Outcast concert or oh. something crazier? Um, no, I hadn't. But I ironically, I wanted to take them to Bruno Mars we, oh, when I met choice. them in Copenhagen. I'm a, like kind of a pop culture music person first, but we went to see three jazz shows while they were here outside and um, a blues concert. So I wanted to expose them to live music. All right, well, this has been a blast, literally a blast, which is, this has actually been like almost 20 years in the making for me to, I have a cold by the way, so, but this is it. This is how it sounds. This is what it is. Thank you for joining Levine Intervention. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully we created a little bit of beauty. Hopefully your soul is a little bit more rocking after this. And I want to thank Paul Depoyan, my very special guest, and my executive producer, Harold Leonard, and Ian Ludd, and John Cohen, who is serving as both a guest and a writer on today's show. So it takes a team and a family. Levine Intervention will see you later. <laughs>